Blog Talk Radio. This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. All right. There he is. I forgot to ask happy. if you could hear that. Yeah, I forgot to ask if you could actually hear that because I turned that, that one channel off earlier before the show started. Yeah, oh, yeah, I heard everything. And, yeah. Oh, good. Well, that's yeah, another everything plus. Came through. I, have to, I have to put that down then as a check mark. <laughs> Did yeah. that right. Everything, everything came through. I heard the opening. In fact, the opening seemed to be clear. I used to get a, a little interference, it sounds like, with the opening. Uh, hmm. And it seemed to be clearer today. So, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'll keep doing it this way, then. That's yeah, yeah. Easier for me, too. So, that was good. Is it? Awesome. better. Yeah. So, yeah. So welcome we're live. to the show. We are live Facebook. on Facebook. Facebook. You can go on Facebook right now on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr, and post your comments under the uh, live video that's streaming right now, and uh, break in and um, notify Ron and see what we can do. Or just say hi, and we'll probably give you a shout out. And if you are listening to this on archive, you haven't listened to us on Facebook, we are available every week on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an opportunity to come and listen to us live and comment all that every yeah. every week, except for next week. And we won't be here next week because in the United States, we're celebrating Thanksgiving. Yeah. So we will be celebrating with our family and friends or working or whatever people <laughs> do on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So uh, tune in next week yeah. and we won't be here. Um, right. Week after next. Yes. Week after next. We will be back the fifth, I believe it is. Um, the fifth so, of wow, it's already December. Look at that. Yeah, it is December. Yes. Oh. Yeah. This is one of the shortest periods between Thanksgiving and Christmas. They said that it's it's only like what did they say, twenty let's see, twenty eight days, twenty nine days, something like that. One of the one of the shortest periods between Thanksgiving and Christmas. They see 25th, 27 days, not counting Thanksgiving. So, mm, wow. Usually it's, it's longer, but because the first fell on a Friday, then that threw the whole Thanksgiving back towards the very end of the month, latest it could be. So, go out and buy a bunch of bottles of wine for Thanksgiving. As gifts, or for Christmas, as gifts. I used to say at the winery, I tell you, 
I've never, ever had anyone at the winery come back and say, here, I got this bottle of wine for Christmas. I want to return it. It never happens. People are happy to get wine. So there's a always a good fallback Christmas gift, bottle of wine. And if you know the people's taste, you can get a sweet one for them or you can get a, a drier one or rosé or any number of ways you can go. Mike and I were talking right before the show, and uh, my engineer and I went out wine shopping last Tuesday at a local wine store, actually down in Tarpon Springs, just down the road from us, and bought three cases of wine, I think we ended up with. A couple times a year we do that. We buy a bunch of wine, enjoy it, and sip on it, and it gives us wine to go to, and we bought some dry we bought some cheap we bought some rosés and a little bit of everything because we have guests coming over and all that so it's always nice to have something available for guests but we noticed one thing when we were looking at rosés rosés will pretty much tell you if they are dry or if they're not dry it's uh, something that usually just was a standard this is a rosé, it's going to be a sweeter wine. But now they make them in so many different styles that you can read the label and do read the label. You can read the label and tell if it's dry or off dry or a sweeter style of rosé. So it's always good fallback wine on that. And we might ask if I picked up any organics. And yes, I did actually enjoying one tonight. This is a Campo Flores uh, Tinto, it says on the front. I don't know. Campo Flores Tinto, I guess, is a region in Spain. Uh, but it's a Spanish wine. It is Spanish red wine made from organic grapes. Campo Flores. It's a uh, Tempranillo Syrah combo. And it says on the label, we work with farmers in... Manzanares who grow grapes as they have done for centuries cultivating old bush vines on sandy chalky soils in a hot dry climate they have never used nor needed chemicals that's a pretty bold statement right there it is a simple life but but the quality much it is a simple life, but the quality, much of the fruit they grow is glorious and best appreciated with as little adornment as possible. In this bottle, you will find a red wine that is luscious, a rugged tail of ripe, dark fruit, and above all, honest. And that was read directly. It's like... He spoke from the heart. It's a two, 2017, 13% alcohol. Uh, is certified organic by Schuster S equal O2CM agricultural. Agricultura. So, uh, Spanish organic wine. Uh, Tempranillo Syrah. That's why we got it more because it was in, in Tempranillo Syrah than anything else. And organic was just a side thing. But, ooh, 
lovely aroma, absolutely lovely aroma. It's uh, dark. You can see the Syrah playing in with the Tempranillo and darkened it up. Lighter style. It's not real, real, real dry. A little bit lighter style wine. It's uh, got a lot of fruitiness to it. Not real dark fruit. Uh, whenever you sip red wines, you always what the dark fruit is has a lighter fruitiness to it and a little bit of uh, blackberry taste uh, but not heavy it's got some nice aftertaste that lingers uh, the acid is balanced well you can taste the after the acid and the aftertaste but it's not overpowering you still pick up the fruitiness and the aftertaste very nice though I'm I'm really happy we got this. I think it was $12 or $13 if I remember correct. I don't don't recall Ralph Ann, but Campo Flores, C-A-M-P-O Flores, F-L-O-R-E-S Tinto, T-I-N-T-O. Okay. That's our, our wine that we're having. Um, probably be continuing having wines from our shopping trip. As I usually do each week, have a wine from our shopping trips, and I will tell you about them as we're doing it. So uh, this is the one we have tonight. Something we also noticed in our trip, and um, my engineer pointed out to me, she said, look at this. She said, there are so many screw caps, and there were all over the place. There was wines with screw caps. Uh, just... not just any one country or any one region or anything, but just a variety of them from everywhere. There was California wines that had screw caps. Uh, the more expensive California wines were corks, but you know we can attribute that probably to a little bit of snobbishness along with the fact that you know they have corks. But there was California wines with screw cap, just about anywhere. In the world, they're using screw caps, and this one is a screw cap wine. So they're from all over, and they're out there, and they're continuously being used by just about everybody. Nothing wrong with screw caps. Again, I always point this out. There's nothing at all wrong with screw cap wines, especially since you're going to be drinking them reasonably fast. Okay, I've got a few things to tell you before I... Talk about the first thing. The first thing we're going to talk about, well, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. But first, we're going to talk about food this coming week. Today is the Great American Smokeout. If you were a smoker before today and you stopped today, congratulations. Hang in there one day at a time. That's really the way to stop smoking. My daughter has been a smoker for a number of years, and she quit uh, almost nine months ago, and she's doing well, and she sent me a little thing on uh, a uh, text every once in a while uh, of her little calendar that she's keeping up, and it just keeps adding to it and adding to it. So you can do it. And she, She's been a smoker for some time, so you can do it too. I used to smoke years ago, and I quit, but today, Great American Smokeout. Also, today is Great American Tea Channel around the country, different 
people with different jobs go to schools, elementary schools, and tell them about their job. And uh, I've done it in the past uh, when I was a photographer. And it was always fun. I used to enjoy doing that a lot. And today is National Gingerbread Cookie Day. So if you have a gingerbread cookie, enjoy it. Tomorrow, National Nut Day. And also National Cranberry Relish Day. Doesn't tell you what type of nut, any type. Uh, if you're going to have nuts, I would suggest a red wine with nuts. It tends to, in my opinion, balance better. I've had different wines with different nuts before because uh, engineer likes nuts. She's a nut fan. And because of that, we've had different nuts and I've had different wines with it. And I tend to enjoy the red wines more so than any other. Saturday, National Cashew Day. Now, that seems odd. You have Nut Day on Friday, National Cashew Day on Saturday. Sunday, National Sardines Day. Rip open a can of sardines, put it on crackers, and grab a wine with it. And what wine would I choose? A Sauvignon Blanc. I think that would be good. A nice Sauvignon Blanc with sardines on some cracker. And I think that would be a good combination. Uh, maybe if you want to be adventurous, go with a traverse demeanor, but or Pinot Grigio or uh, Pinot Gris, any of those would work with your sardines. Monday, National Parfait Day, not a good wine pairing day, but it's always a nice dessert. Tuesday, National Cake Day, any cake, and there are wines that go with cakes too. Uh, you can match up a wine with just about anything. National Bavarian Cream Pie Day comes up next Wednesday. And Thursday, Thanksgiving is French Toast Day. A lot of people get up in the morning, have themselves a, a light breakfast before the turkey in the mid-late afternoon. French Toast Day. And you can have yourself French toast and have some uh, rosé with your French toast. Black Friday coming up on the 29th, which everyone will be out shopping, so grab yourself any wine. Any wine will work for Black Friday. National Moose Day is Saturday, the 30th. And then we go into December already. We are here. Uh, December, since we're not going to be here until the 5th, December is Buckwheat Month, National Pear Month, National Tropical Fruit Month. What about all these fruits and everything in December? Root Vegetable and Exotic Fruits Month. Oh, my gosh. Here we go again. Stress-Free Family Holidays Month and Worldwide Food Service Safety Month. So there's a bunch of stuff with food, but not much that affects us. Sunday, the first, is Red Apple Day. There's lots of amounts. I read somewhere where you can start eating a red apple today. It would take you, like, 10 years to eat a different variety every day. There's so many different types. Monday the 2nd, National Fritters Day. I love a good apple fritter. Tuesday, Advent begins. So you can uh, start turning over your calendars, your little Advent calendars there, and start enjoying wine for every day of Advent. Wednesday the 4th, National Cookie Day. And probably your Christmas cookies and that's always good, but it's a lot of different varieties of wine. And then Thursday the 5th, when we come back on the air, we'll 
be celebrating the repeal of prohibition, which ended on the 5th of December. So that's what we have coming up here for your foods and stuff. Drink responsibly, but enjoy a little bit with a little bit of wine with everything that you're doing until we see you next. Okay. We've got a couple of wineries that sent me information here. Castle Ridge. No, I'm back. Yeah. You left? Yeah, I got disconnected. What happened? I was I was uh, listening to you, and all of a sudden, I uh, didn't hear anything, so I said, hello, Ryan, hello, Ryan. <laughs> I thought it was on your end, and I'm saying, well, I'm just going to sit here until he comes back. And all of a sudden, it said, you dropped a call, or I dropped a call, actually. And I go, what? So, what? Uh, anyway, that, that moment of silence on Facebook is available I for know. purchase, if you'd like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It just it happens too. I'll be sitting here talking all of a sudden I'll go, Mike, Mike, you there? <laughs> You've got it's like it's like cell phone. So so yeah. uh, but that's all right. Facebook people, you 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 can listen to the archive of this if you want to learn about the foods we we're gonna have celebrate yes. over the next couple of weeks. So that's all it takes. Yeah. Uh, okay, wineries. What do we got in wineries here? We have Tassel Ridge Winery. Tassel Ridge is located in Iowa, White in Iowa. Uh, you can go to uh, Tassel Ridge, uh, TasselRidge.com to get a hold of them. They have their 2019 Iowa Novo that they have just released that's uh, coming out or just came out through the Wait a minute now. Wait, Boucherlet Nouveau should be out in November here. I missed it again this year. That shows you how important it is. Engineer just told me, and that's true. I never saw anything on the shelves when we were shopping Tuesday. No sign, no anything. Yeah, it was, it was just like, it didn't happen. Oh, wow. Bouchelet Nouveau. I don't know. I just it just dawned on me here when I saw this Tassel Ridge Winery that is celebrating their 2019 Iowa Nouveau, uh, traditionally released on the third Thursday in November, just like the Bouchelet Nouveau, and the third Thursday in November was today. So. Yes, this is the third Thursday of November, so the Beaujolais Nouveau should be released today, but I'm not seeing anything. Used to be you watch the evening news and they say, here's the plane taking off, or, but uh, I haven't seen anything on the Beaujolais Nouveau. Huh. That is on. I'm sure they have it. I'll have to check at a little small wine and spirit shop that's not too far. That's where I got it last year, and they they said that they just they quit ordering it because people weren't buying it anymore. They got two or three bottles in. I bought one of them last year. I'll have to go down there and check with them again. That's wow. Okay. But Castle Ridge has their Iowa Novo that is just released. It is on their shelf. So check them out. There's gift certificates available for the holidays. And they continue to have their 
things going on. Tomorrow, Wine and Burger Day, Saturday, Wine and Slider Saturday. And then they have Wine and Wood Fired Oven Pizza Day coming up uh, next Friday and Saturday after the holidays. So there's lots of stuff always happening at Tassel Ridge Winery, located at 1681 220th Street, Lighten, Iowa, at TasselRidge.com. Oh, the Beaujolais Nouveau, isn't that – that's in France. Yes. No, that's just okay. a, an early release Beaujolais. It's just uh, – yes. uh, you know, and it used to be a big deal. I mean, it, it used it, to be a very big deal. It and still for is. Some reason, yeah, uh, but – November 21st it's supposed to be. Well, it's on, it's, on the, uh, it's on their webpage, I guess. They have a webpage dedicated to it. And it says uh, the third Thursday in November, which is today, with fireworks, music, and festivals under French law, the wine is released at 12.01 a.m. So it should have been, as I guess what you were saying, it should have should been, have been in the liquor stores today. Oh, that's what, wow. Because they used to, I mean, it used to be you would see, they, they would promote it big time. And I think it's yeah. the greatest promotion, greatest idea whoever came up with this is is it's just a genius. But they <laughs> release it, but they show the planes leaving the the airports of around uh, the Beaujolais and flying oh, out to the different yeah. places in the world. And at midnight, liquor stores and wine shops open so that you can come in and grab a bottle of the Beaujolais Nouveau. And you would walk into wine shops, and there would be a, an enormous display of Beaujolais Nouveau, and there'd be three or four different producers of them, and they would all, you know, have the different ones there. And it just—I mean, it used to be. I worked at uh, ABC Liquor, which is down here in Florida, a chain, uh, nothing to do with the Alcoholic and Beverage Control Board, but that's just was their name, ABC Wine and Spirits. They call themselves now. When I first moved to Florida 30-some-odd years ago, it was a big deal. We used to have this enormous display, and, you know, one year we opened up at midnight so people can come in and purchase the Beaujolais Nouveau, and and it was just a a big deal. And slowly it started to get a little bit smaller, a little bit smaller. Then last year, I went out looking for it, and I was stopping at wine shops and liquor stores, and I stopped at the little one up not too far from us is right next to the grocery store we usually shop. And I stopped in there and I said, do you have a Beaujolais Nouveau? And he goes, it will be here tomorrow. And I said, but today's like the 22nd. He goes, I know. He says, I don't order it that much anymore. He says, I used to order cases and cases and people used to buy it by cases. He says, now I'm down to ordering one case and I don't care when it gets here. And I'm, I'm lucky if I sell all 12 bottles. I'm going, wow, what happened? He goes, I don't know. He said, people just don't buy it anymore. So I don't know. It's It used to be quite the, the thing. And now, for some reason, it's not. And I mean, the last one I got last year, I wasn't really impressed with. It used to be, the Beaujolais Nouveau used to be a real fruity, uh, just really a nice, fruity, light wine. And this year, or last year, it was disappointing. It wasn't 
there was so many other wines on the shelf that were, in my opinion, so much better than the Beaujolais Nouveau, and it just wasn't worth getting the Beaujolais Nouveau. So, I don't know. So, that's, you know, I'll, I'll go check on, you know, I, was, I forgot all about it. I, I really didn't. Maybe that's what's happening. They're not advertising. They're not talking about release anymore. They're not doing any of that stuff. And maybe that's the reason why people have forgotten about it, because it's not promoted like it used to be. So, uh, Whispering Oaks Winery. Whispering Oaks is located in Florida. They are... Uh, the winesofflorida.com, you get a hold of them. They are, as always, having their weekend state night, twenty-eight fifty per person, not including tax, gratuity, or alcohol. Reservations are suggested, not required, but suggested 352-748-0449. If you are in Florida, check it out. They always have music. They have music all the time, so... Check it out, Whispering Oaks. They also have Poker Night coming up uh, on November 23rd. Oh, that's this Saturday. Yeah. Uh, November 23rd, this Saturday, they have Poker Night. And uh, it uh, uh, goes to charity. The thanks go to charity. They can do it because of that. And they have Black Friday specials, uh, buy one, get one, and all sorts of different stuff. So, back, Wines of Florida located west of Orlando. So if you happen to come down for a trip to Disney World or any of the other theme parks, then just a little west of that area. Uh, what is it, about an hour, hour and a half from, from over there? Probably. Yeah. So check it out. They, uh, they got some nice wines, too. Nice place there. Yeah. Whispering Oaks Winery. Uh, winesofflorida.com Presque take, Isle Take the right road and stay off of I-4 You're doing good That's true, yeah, don't go on I-4 Cut through, you know, yeah. cut straight across Yes, go around Go around Presque Isle, Presque Isle has Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals Coming up Presque Isle is located in, in Pennsylvania They are a winery, but they also Have winemaking supplies so if you are an amateur winemaker, Presque Isle is, in my opinion, one of the best places to get supplies. They are very friendly people. They will help talk you through any problems you have. If you're looking at getting supplies or anything, uh, Presque Isle is the place to shop, I think. They, they, instead of going to actual labs and having to buy yourself uh, you know, a, a box of 100 pipettes, you can order five from them. Um, they have little balling machines, little small balling machines. And if you are in the market for little small balling machines, I've got a couple of them I'm trying to sell uh, from the winery. Also corkers, if you're in the market for hand corkers, I've got a couple of those too. So you can always get a hold of me on those things. But Prescall has yeast and they have all sorts of stuff there. They are located, like I say, in... Pennsylvania, piwines.com at 9440 West Main Road in Northeast. And that is the name of the town, Northeast. 
1-800-488-7492. So if you're an amateur winemaker, I highly suggest them as your go-to because they got some specials going on the Friday and Monday after uh, Thanksgiving until 11.59 p.m. on December the 2nd. So uh, 20% off your entire order and uh, 20% off on, <coughs> excuse me, uh, order over 120% off and uh, for Thanksgiving, order over 75 for 20% off on Cyber Monday. So good deal, good deal. Prescottlepiwines.com. And I think that's all the wine you say. Didn't send me too much this this past period here. So, all right. Most popular wine. Uh, let me find this article. This was an interesting little article. Uh, okay. Most popular wine in America. I thought this was just going to list the one that was being sold, and this is why it's the most popular. But this is uh, from Food and Drink magazine. Uh, on a study, a survey they did, says new research from YouGov finds that most Americans, 60%, enjoy at least the occasional glass of wine. And one-third drink wine at least once a month, although millennials... 46% of those who live in urban areas, 43% are especially likely to consume wine this often. So millennials, you're, you're keeping up the, the wine drinking averages there for us. What kind of wine is America drinking? Red wine. 69% is the most popular among those who say that they drink wine. Although majorities also say they like white wine, 64 5% and or rosé at 55%. So it's almost even uh, when you get on out there between whites and reds. Uh, thinking of drinking a glass of wine by itself, uh, to what extent do you like or dislike each of the following types of wine? All right, this was the question that was asked. 69% said they like Red wine, 65 says they like the white, and 55 said they like a lot or somewhat like the rosé. So those fall into those categories. Among the wine drinkers, the most popular kinds of red are Merlot at 19%. Cabernet Sauvignon came in second at 18%, just a tick behind, so... Almost even there. Running neck to neck. Pinot Noir at 12% and Zinfandel at 12%. So the, the big names in reds are all right there. The whites. Moscato, 23%. Now, Moscato tends to be sweeter. So that could be accepted as understandable there. Moscato, 23% of the wine drinkers picked that as a, or 23% percent of the wines picked as their favorite Moscato. Chardonnay, 17%. Riesling, 14%. And I was curious about this Riesling. I didn't I followed other areas in this article. 
and it didn't say if it was dry reasoning or sweet reasoning. I would assume it's a sweet reason because a lot of people don't realize reasoning is dry, and plus you have all the different sweet categories in reasoning. So I would think it's a sweet reasoning. So Moscato 23%, Chardonnay 17 Riesling 14 and Pinot Grigio, Pinot Gris, 13% with Sauvignon Blanc coming in at 11% of the choice of people for a white. <coughs> when it comes to rosé, only one in five or about 19% say they don't have a preference. But Zimino rosé, white Zen, tends to be the most popular with 33%. And that's by far the most popular. There is a white Merlot and a white Cab and a white just about everything else around everything else. But the white Zen is the one that most people know and that is the most popular. Speaking of wine, let me take a sip. That's a nice wine. That is really a nice wine. Strong wine. Most Americans ride is an important thing when it comes to choosing wine. And this surprised me a lot. Two-thirds of wine-drinking Americans say that when they are purchasing a bottle, price is the most important factor. Then, more than one-third or 36% say that the brand is important. And 24%, and this really surprised me, say that the alcohol percentage is very important. 24% look at the alcohol one. I don't, I, hmm, that really surprised me a lot. It baffled me. Most wines are between 9 and 15%. That's our, say, 7 to 15%. That's the range of an a uh, 14% wine as opposed to a 10% wine is the, the purpose of drinking wine to me is not to get drunk. I suppose it is to some people and it's their alcohol of choice, but mm, it still surprises me though. It still surprises me. If you all have any comments on that, I'd love to hear it. But, and, and well, I, it shouldn't because I have people all the time at the wine used to come and ask me how much alcohol was in a wine, and I, I just, you know, it's, it's just a a get high drink, or is this an enjoy the taste drink? And you know, so, well, whatever. The breakdown of a bottle is sixty six percent purchase it because of the price. because of the brand. If it's one that they've never heard of or one they're not familiar with, they skip it, which is sad because there's a lot of great wines out there. 24% the alcohol percentage. Dreidel, be it a Chardonnay or a Cabernet or a Merlot or Riesling or whatever, 17% pick on Dreidel. The region it comes from, and this surprised me, this is pretty high, 20% of the people pick up because of the region. And I guess I can see that. It's, I'm going to, but when you start talking region, you're talking AVA, and people don't realize it, but if 20% are picking by the region, they're really looking at AVAs. I mean, 
if it's California or Florida or New York or something, but AVA's region, Napa or Finger Lakes or any number of other areas around the country. And then 17% picked by the vintage or by the year. And that surprised me also because I tend to not think that people would look at the year. And I also tend to think, do they understand what the vintage is? Because the vintage is the year the grapes were picked. That's nothing more than the year the grapes were picked. So maybe, and I think this might be true with this survey here, I think maybe when someone says they pick by the year, they think it's a newer wine if it's the 2017 or 2018 as opposed to 2014 or 2015. I don't know. I'm just, it's just a guess on my part. But considering that most people don't know what the year is on wine, or what the year means on a label, it could be that. So, and it continues to say just over one in five or 21% say that the reviews are one of the top three factors they care about when making a wine purchase. While 16% say the same about the bottle label design. And I've always had a surprise me on the reviews because the only review you can get on different wines is what the wine people write on the back. And that's not really a review. That's a little thing trying to get you to buy their bottle as opposed to another bottle. It's unless you go online. Now, there are lots of websites out there now that are reviewing wine. So that's really something, a good way to go. If they are actually reading the reviews and going by that, then that's great. I, I love it. But don't don't consider a review as the description on the back of the label. 16% to bottle and design, label design, <sighs> a multi-billion dollar business, label design. It catches people's eye and that is the purpose of it. And 16% of the people say that that's what leads them toward that. So when you get 16% of the populace that's buying wine, oh my gosh, it's worth spending money getting a label. With the cost being one of the factors among wine drinkers, it's unsurprising that they're looking to spend less than $20 a bottle. And this is about average. Uh, most wines between $7 and $15, $7 That's the range that most people get wines in. So under 20 is obvious. One quarter, 24%, said they typically aim to spend less than $10 when buying a bottle of wine. So one quarter of the people want to spend less than 10 there are wines out there that are less than 10, uh, and you're, you get what you pay for. 44% aim to spend between 11 and 20, which is the big group, and that's where most of the wines are priced, too. If you go to a wine shop and start looking at the prices of the bottles, you have to drop down to the very bottom shelf. Uh, the two middle shelves are using 11 to $20 range, and the top shelf is the expensive ones. 23% of wine drinkers say they typically aim to spend more than $20 per bottle. And I've always suggested that if you're just buying 
a bottle here and there. Don't go 10 or below. Don't go 11 to 20. Go over 20. The quality will be there. The quality is worth it, worth the extra money. It says, one potential reason Americans may look to less expensive wines, most don't believe they personally can tell the difference between expensive and inexpensive wines. I've always been uh, very much against that statement. Yes, you can. You can tell the difference between a $25 bottle of wine and a $10 bottle of wine. You really can. I always like to compare it to a hamburger. You can go to McDonald's and you can get yourself a hamburger that costs less than a buck or maybe over a buck. Now, I don't know. I never buy a little cheap hamburger at McDonald's. But you can go to McDonald's and you can get yourself a little hamburger for around a dollar. Or you can go to TGI Friday's or uh, any of the other restaurants and get yourself a hamburger. And you can tell the difference. It's not going to cost you a dollar, but you can tell the difference. Uh, even if you go to Five Guys, their hamburgers are what five dollars, six dollars in and out burger. Their their hamburgers, but you can tell the difference between an in and out burger and a McDonald patty. And so you know, well, it's a cheap one. I it doesn't make any difference. They don't taste the same. No, they don't. Same thing with wine. No, they don't. Might be little things on there that you can't pinpoint, but there is the quality there. So don't mark it off to saying you can't tell the difference between expensive and inexpensive. You can. Just don't don't kid yourself. You have the ability. Most Americans think the cheap ones and expensive ones are the same. If you were to do a blind test, how confident, if at all, are you that you could taste the difference between an expensive wine or inexpensive wine, $5, and an expensive wine, a $100 bottle? Okay. Total percentage, 57% said they were not very or not at all confident they can tell the difference. 36% said that they were very confident that they could do, very or somewhat confident. And the millennials, 49% said that they're not very confident. 43% said they were very confident. Gen X, 62% said they weren't very confident, whereas only 30% said that they were very confident on the difference. And the boomers, 60% said they weren't confident that they can tell the difference, whereas 33% said that they felt that they could tell the difference. Again, I refer you to my Hamburg analogy. There is a difference. You can tell the difference. All right. So that is uh, the breakdown of those who think they can or cannot tell the difference. Men are more likely than women men at 15%, women at 9% to say that they are very confident they could tell the difference between an inexpensive wine and an expensive one. Women can. And I say that because women that have done tastings and the women that I've known, 
have been able to distinguish good wine from bad. It doesn't take a whole lot to tell the difference between good wine and bad wine. And women have the ability to, well, their nose is so much better than men's in that area. So that's the first step in the right direction there. But women are very good at telling the difference. So that seems very odd to me that it's pretty close to double the amount of men who say they're more competent than women. So there you go. Total unweighted sample size was 1,179 U.S. adults who were 21 or older or older, including 722 U.S. adults who ever drank wine. Figures have been weighted and representative of all U.S. adults aged 21 and over. And interviews were conducted between October 24th and 25th of this year. So this is about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, this was conducted. So there you go. I Interesting little breakdown of everything. Okay, little sites here. I'm going to have to. YouGov. I, I've never heard of it before, but YouGov. Y-O-U-G-O-V dot com. YouGov. All bunch of different surveys and topics and different things there. So something that you might want to look at. I want to hit on something here again that I tend to do periodically. And it's something that you might get tired of hearing, but it's climate change. And climate change is something I see continuously on the sites that I pull up stuff on. I get wine news. I get uh, wine industry news. I get all sorts of different stuff that I subscribe to and I get. And one of the things that is in almost every batch of headlines is something about climate change. Constantly, constantly there about climate change. How it's affecting grapes, how it's affecting wines, how it's affecting the industry, how it's affecting everything. And it is. You know, whether you are a believer or not in the reasons for climate change, it is here. It's, it's as simple as that. I think the best line I ever heard was belief in climate change is optional. Participation is mandatory. And that's pretty much, in my opinion, breaks it down there. So, Winemakers around the world, warmer temperatures are associated with climate change could affect the taste of the products. More heat can lead to more alcohol content. Okay, and this is the thing you need to remember. More heat leads to more alcohol content, and it is getting warmer. Wines from, unused, uh, from usually cold regions can furnish producing its own distinct taste. So it's moving north. The vineyards are moving north to try to keep that coolness in. Sweden has about 30 to 40 vineyards now. And there's a new vineyard up on one of the Norwegian fords at the same latitude as Alaska. 
trying to get it a little bit cooler areas to grow grapes so that they can keep that alcohol level down. <coughs> Excuse me. But this is what's happening. It is warming up and pushing the boundaries for grape growing further and further north. So your classic regions, and I've said this before, Napa as Napa as we know it is going to be changing. The new Napa, in quotes, will, within the next 40 years, 35 to 40 years, will no longer be, as we know it, the new Napa will be Willamette Valley. And Willamette Valley will be the same temperature as Napa is now. So that's why it's just warming up and moving north. So watch the alcohol levels in wines from your favorite region and the acidity. This is the main thing. The acid levels will start going up. And when the acid levels go up, the alcohol levels will go up and it will start altering your taste. So watch. And and like I say, I'm, I'm constantly seeing stuff on climate change. Always, always seeing stuff on climate change. And I will continuously talk about it because it is something that we need to uh, we need to be aware of and need to continue to address. So, all right. Now, uh, let's see. Let's do, oh, let me do another one from this here. King Kajar, done. Fully contained, no problems. There was, in fact, I had a site pulled up talking about the wineries that were affected, and for some reason I lost it here. Uh, the fire burned for two weeks, destroyed lots of stuff. Uh, burned 77,758 acres and destroyed 374 buildings. The largest mass evacuation in the county history. It just uh, devastated areas around the fire. The fire was located in northern Sonoma County, more so than down where a lot of the wineries were. The Wineries pretty much survived. There were a few that were affected. and I can't find it. I apologize for that. But there were a few that were affected. One was burned completely. One was burned quite a bit. And there was smoke and different things that affected some of the others. But the only ones, there was only two that lost. Sonoma is back on their feet. Sonoma is doing well. So, buy Sonoma Wines. I mentioned that last week. I will tell you again, buy Sonoma Wines. You need to support them that way. That's probably the best way you can do it. Buy some Sonoma Wines. They are uh, ready for your business. And so, if you buy Sonoma Wines, they will appreciate that. Okay, let's see. Uh Wine Enthusiast Magazine, Wine Enthusiast Catalog came out with a new glass. 
uh, introducing the Xenology song. An unforgettable glass. Come here, look at this one. Unforgettable glass, they say. It's meticulously handcrafted and 10-year limited glassware warranty. But they have a Cabernet Bordeaux glass. They have a Universal glass. And they have a Pinot Noir Burgundy glass. And they are narrow top, real wide in the bowl, so you can just throw the heck out of it. It's not going to splash. It's thin stem. But I don't know how much they are, but they are giving introductory prices of free shipping and a $50 gift card when you spend $99. So I, you know, I hate to venture to guess how much they are. But go to Wine Enthusiasts and check on their catalog. And you can see the glass. Xenology Psalm is the name of the new class that they have out. And if someone wants to get me a Christmas present, you can get me one of those. The, uh, nobody ever does. My engineers just laugh. Nobody ever gets me any anything whenever I mention that. I am well, getting down on time, so I want to talk about... Where are you? Oh, there we go. Okay, I want to talk about Thanksgiving wine and all the stuff that goes with Thanksgiving wine or Thanksgiving dinner and all the wines that go with it. Whatever direction you, we want to come in on this, we can do this. Thanksgiving is coming up Thursday, as everyone already knows. So what are you going to have with it? Sparkling rosé is a good exa- is a good start. Okay. Put yourself a sparkling rosé in the refrigerator. Get it chilled. Don't make it too cold, but get it chilled. Don't forget your refrigerator set it at about 34, 35 degrees, so you don't want it that cold. But chill up a sparkling rosé and then serve it to your guests as they arrive. Uh, if it's afternoon, if they're over for breakfast, you might delay that. But, uh, well, yeah, sure. My engineer just said in the background, why? You know, that's true. You know, if they come over for breakfast, give them a sparkling rosé then, too. That would be good. But I'm, I'm sorry. Or a mimosa. Yes, mimosas would work. Uh, Lambrusco. You can get any number of Lambrusco rosés. There's a big variety of those out there. A cava rosé. We saw some cava yesterday. There was a lot of cava on the shelf. And they have a lot of different varieties, too. Cava is your Spanish sparkling. Uh, Grenache, uh, Monastrelle, Pinot Noir. These are all rosés. And then they also have a trapat. I'll call it a rare trapat rosé. If you can find one of those, it's going to give you some raspberry, bramble, whetstone, forest berries aroma. So something to look forward to. Italian rosés. The Francia Porta in Lombardy and the Trento in Trentino Alto Adige. These are rather expensive, but they are very good. Creden Rosé is uh, from uh, 
France, French Alps, made with uh, Gamay. And it's around $20. So there's one that's a little bit cheaper. A Tasmanian rosé. Now, this is something you probably aren't aware of. And you're starting to find them in U.S. stores around the country. But uh, Tasmanian, yes, the little country of Tasmania, just south of New Zealand and east of Australia, made famous by the cartoon The Little Tasmanian Devil. But the country of Tasmania has a rosé. Actually, they have more than just one, and it's a little less than $20. (coughs) Excuse me. Wine sales for Thanksgiving are the highest of any single holiday. There's a little fun fact for you. Medium-bodied wines. If you're looking to pair with poultry, then you need to look at some medium-bodied. Most of your turkey dinners need a medium-body. You don't want to get something too too strong. You want a little bit more juicy fruit and uh, wines that will go well with the turkey and the gravy and the, the roasted vegetables. If you are taking that turkey and barbecuing it or dropping it into a, a, a vat of scalding oils or something, you might want a little bit bolder wine, but most of the wines, roasting your turkey in the oven, basting it, and serving it, open up a medium bottled wine. A few suggestions for you. Carignan. I love a Carignan. In fact, uh, Mark, I worked with, uh, was a big Carignan fan. Carignan, and it's pronounced Carignan, spelled C-A-R-I-G-N-A-N. Carignan. It is Typically loaded with cherry fruit flavors, little spice tobacco flavors. Uh, it's meant for turkey. I mean, it's it's a great wine for turkey. You can find carrying on out of California, Chile, or even France. Uh, we looked for one when we did our wine shopping the other day, and we couldn't find one. We well, we found one Carmenere, I and mean, we couldn't find a Carignan. And couldn't find any California Barberas, found a, an Italian Barbera, which is, you know, obviously they're from Italy more than anything. But we found a, but we couldn't find any Carignan, which was really sad because it is a very nice wine. Another wine to have with your turkey is some Zinfandel. Uh, your Zinfandel, think of cranberry sauce. Zinfandel. And that's what's so good about the Zinfandel with a turkey, and even your dry slices of turkey, the Zimino will tend to moisten them up. Uh, the uh, Zimidol just delivers just a, a great balance to just about any any style of turkey, especially the ones that tend to be a little bit drier. If, you're, if your chef, whoever it might be, tends to overcook a turkey and dry out a little bit too much, then have a Zimidol available to pair with it. And another one you might not think about is Grenache, G-A-R-N-A-C-H-A, Grenache. Uh, Juicy, uh, citrusy, sweet red fruits, uh, but not sweet wine. Uh, Juicy from Spain, Grenache. Uh, The uh, really affordable, 
you can get them, you know, anywhere from you know, 15 to $20. You can find them uh, quite a few places and you can get them more expensive, you know, get them on up to around the $50 range. But Grenache is a good wine to pair with that turkey. Then you can go a little bit heavier and get a Pinot Noir. It seems to be the classic go-to turkey wine. It is not hard to find a bottle that has been sitting around in your wine rack. I mean, if you buy wines, there's always going to be a Pinot Noir sitting there. Here's another one you might not have thought about for your turkey. is your Blue Frankish. It is a German wine, and it is usually under $20. Uh, uh, Austrian, not Australian, but Austrian, uh, just obsessed over this red wine because it has just a rich black fruit flavors and a little spiciness and some nice balance on the acidity. So... If you're looking at dark meat and some wild stuffing and a little bit more wild-type taste in your turkey, if you prepare it that way, look for the Austrian Blaufrankisch, B-L-A-U-F-R-A-N, with a little double dot above the A, K-I-S-C-H. And it's reasonably priced. You should find be able to find them under $20 if you find them. And Beaujolais. Not Beaujolais Nouveau, but Beaujolais, uh, made with the Gamay uh, uh, Gamay grape. The Gamay was banned in Burgundy, but it picked up and thrives in Beaujolais, and that's what they do the Beaujolais with. And the Beaujolais Nouveau actually is made with the Gamay grape. Uh, pick up a Beaujolais tends to be a little bit lighter than a Burgundy, uh, not quite as heavy. Uh, the blends of the Burgundy are, are much heavier blends, but stay with the a nice Beaujolais crew for a higher quality if you want to go with that, but you can find other Beaujolais that are a little bit more inexpensive. And then Mencia. The Mencia wine uh, is uh, a little bit cheaper than, you know, it's... it's uh, well, let's see, what's this say? It says, when people finally figure out how exceptional Mencia wine is, we'll no longer be able to get it so cheap. Imagine a wine with dark fruit of Melbeck paired with the delicacy and complexity of a high-end, high-tannin Pinot Noir. M-E-N-C-I, Mencia. Never heard of it myself. Mencia, I've never looked for one and never found one and never heard of it. But if you have one, send me a note to let me know what it was like. And special occasions is coming up on being Thanksgiving and families getting together and all that. So let's uh, look at some special occasion wines. Again, Pinot Noir. There's lots of them out there. I've had some great aged Pinot Noirs before. Some phenomenal Pinot Noirs. Oregon Pinot Noir was gifted to me. That was 40 years old. Had to decant it and let it aerate. I was seriously instructed to let it aerate, to let it, and it was well worth it. So, great Pinot Noir. 
They're talking about the Blue Frankish again, Beaujolais, and Mencia, all good special occasion, uh, are all good wines to go with your turkey. The special occasion wines, uh, a Mandaria, it's a uh, single variety of Mandaria wine can be served chilled or to match with your pumpkin pie. Uh, it's not too sweet, but it has some walnut and burnt and caramel notes, so that will go well well with it. A Pedro Jimenez is a nice, sweet Solera wine. It is a uh, sherry from Spain, from southern Spain. Uh, it offers fig, molasses, and nutty coffee notes. Uh, it's really reasonably priced. If you're looking at getting a nice aged sherry, this, the Pedro Jimenez, runs uh, less than 50 You can find a whole bunch of less than 50 some of them down around the $30 range. Another one, the Vinjon, uh yellow in color. Uh, you've, this article says you've never had anything like a Vinjon before, V-I-N-J-A-U-N-E. It's a true Greek wine with arresting flavors of linseed oil, pear, and preserved lemon. Uh, it's a bizarre aromatic structure and saline taste. It pairs perfectly well with a pumpkin pie. Hmm. That would be interesting. And the last one is Toke Asu. Uh, it's a uh, a sweet wine. I, they call it your uh, hummingbird elixir. They don't give any more explanation than that. So it's going to be expensive. 500 mils is going to run you $79. So, but it pairs. Did we go blank again? I don't hear you. See if I got to reset again, call back in. And there we go. I missed that part. Are you there? Oh, Ron. Oh, maybe it was Ron. I called back. I could hear okay. Hello, Ron. I think we lost... Hey, Ron, I don't know if you can hear me. We're not getting anything on this end. 
Let's see if I can play this and hear it. Yeah, I hear that. Ron, are you there? I seem to have lost you. Might have to call back in. I don't I don't think he can hear me or I can hear everything else that's going on in there. So, uh, let's see what we got to do here. Uh, there was something that I wanted to mention here, and I cannot hear Ron, but uh, I can hear the rest of the uh, switchboard that we're logged into. And I know this is going out to Facebook and nothing else is. So, uh, let me make a quick mention of uh, – the wildfires we touched on that Kincaid fire that was uh, it's uh, fully contained, um, and we were talking about the wineries that were destroyed or, or affected. And according to Fortune uh, dot com, uh, just a few days well yeah about ten days ago, Soda Rock Winery was destroyed during the fire, and uh, they have a, a picture of it. It's just a, a very wow. It's amazing. It's it all that is left of is a stone facade. And everything else is is just burned. It's it's gone. Uh, other wineries that were damaged include Alexander Valley Vineyards, uh, Battle Family Vineyards, and Medlock Ames Vineyards. Um, but they did say that at Soda Rock, the 2019 vintage survived because winemaking is done off-site, and the team have completed 99% of their harvest. So um, that's a uh, that's kind of a, a a good thing for them, but uh, man, the the building is just gone except for that uh, stone facade they had. Um, Ron, I do not hear you. I don't know what happened. You're still on the panel there, so I think I am going to close the show as far as Facebook is concerned because I don't know if he can hear me. Uh, I don't think so. I'll go ahead and close it now, and uh, we'll say thank you for uh, tuning in, and uh, sorry about the problems. We will see you all next month. The next show will be December the 5th, Thursday, um, right here, either on Facebook and Blog Talk Radio at the same time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, thank you. Have a great uh, and happy Thanksgiving. Be safe and uh, continue to drink wine, and I'm sure Ron, if he was – in here, he would say the same thing. Um, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you in two weeks. Have a happy Thanksgiving and a safe Thanksgiving. And I didn't hear that either. Hold on a second. Okay, try that again. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on the show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine.
No. Okay. See, I can hear that from Blog Talk Radio, but I can't hear anything you're saying if you're talking. So, but I can hear Blog Talk Radio come back and say that I'm muted or unmuted. So I hear Blog Talk Radio. I'll just wait. Wait until he says something. Hello? Concludes tonight. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I hear that again. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.